0: Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders, with your hosts, Mark Gainey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode.
1: Welcome to episode number 68 of the Church Leadership Podcast.
0: Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have back for a return visit Sorry. our friend Alan Briggs from Colorado. Uh, Alan, it is so
2: wonderful to have you back on the podcast with us this week. Great to be back. Uh, I'm part of the Double Fisting It Club, so I'm glad to All be right. invited back a second time. A first time we were at a lake uh, down in Alabama, so um, this can't be near as fun as that, but awesome. Probably movies. not, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, you never know what can happen.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Well, listen, we, we do, we do appreciate you being on again and I think it's really timely um, because we've got lots to talk about and we're going to try to fit a whole lot in this conversation. Um, but you know, you, you coach pastors and leaders all over the country and you, you've been seeing a whole lot of um, things happen and changes and, and reactions and responses. So I guess we first want to ask you, what are you seeing in the, the leaders that you're talking with and coaching uh, across the across the nation,
2: I want to start with what I'm feeling inside before what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, huge mood swings. I mean, I literally just got a text from a leader that I'm going to coach later on today that said, "How do I deal with these mood swings?" That's not normal. Most leaders, uh, we pride ourselves on the fact that we're steady, we're stable, and one day you may feel, you know, wake up feeling like you're in the dump, and the next morning on top of the world you know we've gotten through this summer's going to be amazing so intense mood swings would be the first thing and it's hard to know how to handle that and so coaching has honestly felt a whole lot more like counseling and mm. so for my personality type that is it is draining mm-hmm. um and i'm i don't have letters after my name i am not that's way above my pay grade my wife is a counselor and a therapist i'm a huge fan you know i i see a counselor and that's been incredibly life giving um but that's not me and so there's been less of forward movement during this time and more processing. What have you been through mm. the, the last six weeks? Maybe leading up to that, there was already complexity. So you take already complex leadership layers in this season, in this moment, then you add COVID to that. Then you add uh, racial confusion and unrest in different cities. That's touched us differently depending on where our you know, churches or ministries are. It's an unbelievable time. A couple things that I've seen as well is just, we started a sprint during COVID and said, how do we figure this out? Uh, There's six different phases that I've identified along the way. And I think uh, we entered phase five, which is the ambiguous summer. So right now I think everyone's saying, do we ramp down and get more family time? My kids are out of school uh, for the summer or do we ramp back up? What does reentry look like? Uh, And unfortunately part of that is comparison uh, to other churches. Um, churches especially are getting criticism. You started back too early, criticism from the news or from the city. Um, you started back too late. These other people are doing it. Do you not have faith? And it is so hurtful, just the insults kind of coming at pastors uh, in that. And so, you know, you're you're unwise if you don't, um, or you're unwise if you start too soon. You don't have faith if you start too late. Um, and so just trying to figure that out, um, all of that with just the obvious thing that we want to be together. We want to hug. We want to have big gatherings like we normally do. Summer's the time for that and for cookouts. Uh, And just there's some awkwardness that we're saying, hey, is your family cool with getting together? Are are we good here? Uh, And so all of that put together is just an anxiety of, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to predict. And we just don't do well um, with that. And by the way, we're trying to build this plane as we fly it. (laughs) <laughs> so personally, we're trying to process all of it uh, and, and what that means for my family, what that means for my own heart and soul. And oh, yeah, how do I lead other people through this at the time? And so I actually had John Eldridge on our podcast recently, and he said, let's just face it, we are experiencing trauma. And if you call it trauma instead of complexity, instead of exhaustion, instead of near burnout, and I think it's more helpful for us to realize the severity of it. And with that said, guys, leadership coaching, ministry coaching—I um, hate to say it this way—but has never been more fruitful than it is right now. I would never wish a crisis, but when a crisis comes, what's that? I said, or more needful. Oh, it's the moment, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, we've we've actually coached several leaders for free that said we have we've had hiring freezes and. Um, spending freezes and all that stuff. And we said, don't worry about it. We're just going to start down the road. And so if, it, if we started as a gentle hike or a climb, I mean, we are kicking in ice steps and going straight up with ice stacks to straight up a mountain. That is the level of change and growth, um, grow or die right now for leaders and for, for churches. Um, we're either growing or we personally and our churches are going to be stagnating. Alan, do me a favor
0: real quick for those who may not have uh, listened to your first episode with us I think that was episode thirty seven uh, Give us just a real quick uh, paraphrase of what you do there at stay forth uh that's I think that's the first thing i I think would be helpful for us to kind of answer some stuff uh, on out on from here on out and the second thing is what you guys do one of your one of your phrases is you guys emphasize impact uh, and identity, you know, and, and, and tell us a little bit about how being healthy in those areas has probably prepared some leaders, even when they didn't know they were going to be going through something like this. So just give us a rundown of what you guys do at stay forth and how maybe some guys were prepared to make it through this, this marathon, uh, right now, and maybe didn't even realize they were versus those who are, are probably going to be the ones who are crashing and, and burning out.
2: Yeah, I I spent 13 years um, as a pastor and then a church planting catalyst, began to coach leaders without knowing it, um, have been a writer, traveling speaker. So within all of that, it's been really helpful to see all the different angles of kingdom leadership. I'm also an entrepreneur and we have uh, at State Fort Designs, we are a ministry that's run like a business. So what I didn't know is God was writing a story that I'd be able to identify with almost any kind of kingdom leader. So with that said, we work with any and all kingdom leaders, special place in my heart for pastors and for church planners, and we help leaders get healthy and reach more impact. And so we're kind of known as the people that can help you avoid burnout or help you recover from burnout, and there are centers that you can go to and you know, see people with letters after their name and, and see therapists. That's not us. We refer out, but it's for the leader that says, this is not good. Something is off. Something feels Disorienting right now in this season. I don't feel like I have what it takes and uh, to to get through this. And so we help where spiritual meets practical. Mm. So we believe that God is at work. God can move through encounters. God can do miracles in our lives, and He does. God also uses practices in our lives, and and whether those are rhythms that we refer to, whether those you know priorities. How do you plan your time each day? People's time is completely out of whack right now, um, and we're fighting for the important right now. From the urgent, the urgent is coming to you know grab a little bit of the important away from us all the time, and so that's essentially what we get to help leaders do. Uh, Like you said, all over the country, um, some business leaders, some nonprofit leaders, and some church leaders, and um, we emphasize identity before impact. And so we we go back to Ephesians two ten, really is our core verse that we are workmanship first. And then God invites us into those good works. And whenever we get those flipped around, guys, it always gets weird. We're fighting for identity. We're using people. We're taking power and putting it on display instead of God's power on display through us. It just gets weird. And you can hear it in the news. You see the crashes and and all of that. And um, it also happens in a slow fade. And the slow fade is kind of what I'm worried about in this season where marriages are taking quite a hit. Um, Just even the faith. Of Leaders, how much disappointment can we take? i mean just to just to be honest, disappointment upon disappointment it's maybe your heart 's not getting cut out right now with a knife, but maybe a dull spoon of mm. disappointment to the heart and and so we 've really let pastors be people, and we have conversations coaching help them prioritize what 's important to them. Uh, this is a cool story guys uh, one, one of the leaders coming in, he just got incredibly exhausted and I watched. Him go from an energy level of an eight down to a seven. When he was at about a four, I said, "Objects in motion stay in motion unless it's acted on by an outside force. like something needs to change. Together, we wrote a leader, he's an executive pastor. We wrote a letter uh, to his lead pastor and said, he needs time off. He's an introvert, can't get time alone in, in you know their little condo uh, with their kids, and uh, they gave him that whole week off, no vacation. Uh, time needed just to refresh that's awesome just to breathe and so those are the kind of things that i get to do to fight from the trenches mm. say no um I, this isn't your fault but i'm concerned for you and so i really feel like we get to be practically concerned for leaders help them fight for their identity before their impact roots before fruits it's all throughout scripture and so right. we get to help leaders especially pastors water the roots so the fruit can uh, develop and grow and, and cultivate. Um, so unfortunately I'm concerned um, that during this time leaders are having to adapt, especially pastors to things um, that we are not trained for. We are not um, designed for in our minds. Uh, we're not prepped for. And then suddenly we're having to adapt to all of these things, not being able to live out of our sweet spot. And um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. There's a, a leader that called me the other day and said, I just miss my people. I am so extroverted I love being around my people and he feels like the biggest weapon he had or the biggest tool he had just got taken out of his tool belt. Yep. Which is the way that he loves people well and he just needed to get that off of his chest. So that's a lot of what we get to fight for for leaders right now.
1: And I think that's huge because as pastors, as leaders, as staff members of churches, a lot of times, you know, we we think we have to have the answers and we think we've got to have it all together and so we don't ever address or think about um, our own issues and our own struggles and our own fears, our own pressures. We try to run from it. And, and that's huge, Alan, that, um, the fact that you are fighting for, uh, for us and, um, you know, that's encouraging. So I, I would, one thing I would tell our listeners is, you know, contact Alan, contact somebody, um, you know, talk to yeah, somebody and, about that. And, and
2: with that, we do a free, we do a free breakthrough session. Yeah. And with that said, I mean, it's, it's 90 minutes. And many times you can identify something, you can name it. If you can name it, you can tame it. I mean, and that's sort of in the psychology world, the counseling world, that is the phrase. It's beautiful. When you can name things, there's power. Satan comes to steal, kill, destroy, distract, discourage, all words of death. Like to leave your life under a fog, I'm overwhelmed and I can't even name it. The moment you can name it, you could go, oh, I could do that. I can mm. do that. And it's like helping my daughter name the monster under the bed will describe right. it to me. And then it's not that scary. You know, it ends up being kind of this cute little monster zinc type monster. And you go, okay, I can deal with that. I am feeling disappointed right now. I can name that. I can deal with that. I can pray, but the moment you are completely overwhelmed, Satan's got you. So we really get to do again, practical and spiritual warfare. Uh, and that is, it's been a beautiful thing. So yes, if you'd like to schedule a breakthrough session right now, our team is, poised and ready to be extra generous during the season so I'm serious it's 90 minutes we'd love to invest that into you and you don't have to pretend like you you know want to continue in coaching um, you may have no extra money in the budget right now we'd love um, to invest into your life and your ministry for, for 90 minutes
0: yeah and we'll put the link for stay forth in our show notes so yep. people can just click on that and and see what you guys do and contact you yeah uh, and i will i will personally say um, that a a 90 minute time with you guys will be worth probably a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. with somebody else, yeah. what you guys have honed and, uh, kind of that laser focus you have in that, in that short time is very, very helpful.
1: Well, I want to ask you, cause look, we've been talking around it, but you mentioned it first. So it's overwhelming. First of all, as, as church leaders dealing with COVID-19 and, you know quarantine and now reopening that's a whole different issue i think it's it, you mentioned you know different different phases of this and and different things different pressures different questions all those things and on top of that now we've got racial tension and unrest in our communities at least some of our communities those of us who live you know near metro areas certainly feel it more so but it it, it i mean it permeates everything we do i mean you can't you can't go on social media you can't turn on the news without it, it, it being there. And so it's not like we can ignore it and put our hands, heads in the sand there either, nor should we. And so tell me a little bit, maybe, maybe some stories or maybe just some examples of, of people you've seen who have responded well to some of this and what have
2: they done? And
1: then maybe some, some danger signs in all of this as well.
2: Yeah. I think it'd be easy to start with. We've all seen people respond poorly. Just scroll through Facebook for, yeah, yeah. for a moment. Careful little thumbs what you type. And I just start with, someone told me many years ago, um, this is the age of discernment. Mm. Those who have it will thrive. Those who don't will destroy themselves. Mm. And as leaders, we actually have the ability to destroy unity among church now with one post. I mean, Mm. think about it. We are all literal media outlets. It's unbelievable that I can take my phone, capture something And we are all media outlets. And so I would just say, let's start personally with discernment during this time is that there's a whole lot of things we think are true from our own experience. We can't identify Um, questions that we feel silly asking. I'd say go in relationship offline, not recorded with a friend who looks different from you. So I've been texting my black friends and just saying, hey, how are you doing right now? Do you want to get together and discuss? Do you want to go for a walk? And there's such a safety. Let's take this thing offline. Somebody within your church who is feeling threatened by this in a different way from you, a black you know, leader or congregant, just say to them, hey, can we sit down over a meal? Like, let's just start there. Social media is not the place to start. It's an outlet. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of people making tons of statements there. And the reality is, white leaders, we need to learn right now. We need to listen right now. And listening is different from intentional silence. Silence may be saying, I'm just not going to comment on this at all. Listening is active and it's going to different people. And uh, again, we answer to God. I know there's this pressure. I have to have something great uh, to say. And um, for me, just it's very, very personal. It starts, I have two adopted kids from Ethiopia. And so my 16-year-old daughter, she's very much an activist. And so we have to discern through what's the difference between right now, let's say a peaceful protest and a riot, which I think is the 1% that you hear on the news. And so um, we had an opportunity the other day to go downtown. This was incredibly powerful in my city. Uh, You know, Unrest has broken out. Uh, And so you see that 1%. Uh, people were actually tear gassed and you see that on the news, then you go down the next day, you can feel uh, you know, anger and hostility versus hope in the air. There was hope in the air. And so in solidarity, we walked and I'll just say I was so proud of the church. Many, uh, especially young church leaders uh, showing up me my wife and my daughter it was powerful to be there together and then to talk through that we had a a young missionary that i spent some time um training and i saw her and gave her a hug and a corona bump and she's handing out water it was a hot day and i just thought the church is here and uh, a friend of mine actually a black church planter a friend of mine in the city grabs a mic and he just brings it and i'm realizing the whole time yes this is pentecost sunday and he is literally saying you know, Hey, I got the mic. I'm going to preach a little bit here. And so it was the beautiful and powerful moment. But the difference is when you look at the media, you think, you know, the city's burning down or you think there's, this is the 1%. And so for me, um, worst case scenario, we can be there. We can pray over it. If you do sense that, that it's hostile. So I would say, um, go in person to places. You don't have to post on your phone. I actually waited several hours, talked to my daughter about it first. Hey, can you look at this post? Talk to my wife. Can you look at this post? Guys, discernment is at a premium right now. So that's what I would say. The next one is I think we just need to be on our knees. We need to say there are things that have gone on for a whole long time that we don't understand. And to say, "I, I don't feel that kind of anger and rage about this. Um, I don't have that kind of hurt about it. I haven't felt threatened for my life. I walk every day here to our office a mile and I do not feel threatened by that. I go, you know, jogging and running. I'll go running at night, you know? And so these are just things that I process with my daughter now my 12 year old son. So we're having those conversations at home. Uh, So I would just say go relationally to have these conversations. The last one is this guys, if, if you are preaching into a series that you are um, looking at scripture, looking at text, even if it in your mind, quote, unquote, has nothing to do with racial, racial, racial reconciliation. Um, and you do not mention the biggest thing going on in our world right now. You have already lost credibility. Hmm. People want you to talk about it. Now, you may not have a commentary about it. You may say, we're going to take a moment of silence But we are going to have a palms up prayer and say, God, we need peace and we need justice in our world. The world is broken and it is not as it should be. So there's something we can all do to that. We don't people I don't believe are looking for answers right now. I believe people are looking for um, humility. God has humbled us. We were already humbled with coronavirus saying, I don't know. I don't know when the world will return to whatever the next, by the way, it's not a new normal. It's a new different. I don't know what the new difference is going to be. And then multiply that in many ways. I don't know what the new difference is going to be after racial unrest and and these moments. I do know wherever there's an obstacle, there's an opportunity. So we personally are using our influence to host conversations called Dear White Leaders. And we're going to have um, win some kingdom leaders. You can go over on the Stay Forth Designs Facebook page. And we're going to just going to be airing those. And it's going to be the same five questions. And I'm just there to say, uh, I'm sorry you're hurting. Could you please be honest with us? And so any white leader right now who is humble and open to learn, this is a great moment for us. Any white leader that is resistant to learn and thinks we have it all figured out, um, we are going to push people, repel people so far. From our church, our lives, and unfortunately, potentially our gospel.
0: Yeah, Alan, what 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 you've talked about today on on both ends of the spectrum, dealing with uh, pastoral, personal health, and and mentally and soul care, and then how we address our culture, and how do we how we observe, and how we take that in, and and use this and redeem it. Uh. We are going through a season right now, unlike you know anything we've ever experienced in our lifetime. Obviously, uh, I, I don't know if there's a comparison for this in modern history for what we're experiencing. Can you, as as we close out our time together, can you maybe give us? You said you guys focus focus on where where spiritual meets practical. I mean, faith and common sense, I believe, go hand in hand. Uh, you know, they have to. Yeah. So, so how do we? lead our people well, coming off the heels of dealing with a quarantine and, and everything deals with that. And then now uh, this tension and, and lack of unity and uh, anger and hurt and, you know, just confusion. How do, how do we lead our people well in the middle of all this? I mean, obviously it starts with, we can't leave people where we haven't been. We can't pour into them until we've you know, sat, sat with the Lord on a regular basis and he's poured into us. So tell us some, some practical things that we can do to lead our people from this point forward.
2: All right, let me give a three-point sermon right here. I'm going to give a <laughs> yeah, yeah First Literally. one is, is posture. People are looking for our posture and people are going to see the posture of a leader who is humble, who says, I don't know. I've not been through anything like this. By the way, my next door neighbor Is in his late 80s. I said, Have you ever been through anything like this? No, dude's been to wars, he hasn't been through anything like this. So, it it isn't just us in our lifetime. Um, this is a moment in history, and so they're looking for a posture. My kids are looking for our posture, my posture, and say, I could be really disappointed about all of what we lost, or I could say, They will never forget this moment. So, what's the posture? that we lead with. And I hope it's one of humility. I hope it's one of expectancy of saying, God, I want to be as prepared as possible. But in this moment, without you, I'm wrecked. I have nothing. And I need discernment every single day. And so that first one is posture. The second one is prayer. I think this is a moment for prayer. I think this is a moment where we could um, push into half of our sermon or more and just say, today, we're just going to pray. I'm meeting downtown in just a few hours after this with some leaders to walk in solidarity and pray and say, God, what are you, what are you doing? How do we respond when we need wisdom? uh, I believe when we respond in prayer, anxiety goes down because when we respond in strength, I have to have the answer. Talk about a recipe for anxiety to go up when you're in the midst of a pandemic and racial unrest and say, if, I feel like I need to have an answer to this. Well, good luck. You are going to be anxious and you're probably going to say something dumb. I know I am. If I'm looking to have a press release on this. And so posture, prayer, and the last one is priorities. That's where I think we get really practical. I spent 10 minutes a day in my journal. We produced a journal called the Right Side Up Journal. We want leaders to lead right side up in an upside down world. No one is saying that the world is as it should be right now. The world is upside down right now. And this crazy thing that Jesus came to bring, this upside down kingdom that's feeling strangely right side up right now. And so I would say there's a moment to literally say my priority is the kingdom. My priority is what God is saying. Uh, To me, my priority is love. My priority is caring for my family. Right now, my priority is Sabbath. I am so encouraged that leaders at a distance that look like everything's going great on social media and they're kind of into the reentry process. Um, One megachurch in our town has 250 micro communities that are going to meet this summer. They're not going to come back to meet face-to-face for a while. Text that leader and say, how are you doing with that? Mm. That must be unbelievable to organize all that. And so just the priorities of sticking to the things we know God has given us Sabbath being that I take 10 minutes every morning to write out my schedule for the day and say, I want to do a hundred things, but I can do seven, eight, nine things today. This is all I'm going to do today. Enough is enough. And so the priority to be faithful to the things that God has called you to, to your family, to go for a walk. I sometimes come home. I give my wife my phone and say, hide this. I don't even want to know where it is. And then we go for a walk and then we have fun and time you know, disappears. Social media will take as much time as I give it. The urgent texts right. from other people, guess what? I can answer them the next day. It's fine. And so I, I would just say, if we would become people of a posture of humility, of praying people right now, call our people to prayer for the nation. I mean, people who are not interested in prayer, not about prayer right now, I'll say, sure, I'll take all the prayer I can get. Uh, Yeah, pray for me, pray for this nation, pray for this city, pray for my business, you name it, everyone is open to prayer right now. And then that last one of just priorities, and just say, this is what's important. This is what you've set me aside for. And um, that that would be my prayer for us listening. Man, if we could live in those three Ps, I think not only does our anxiety go down, but I think we usher in the peace of God to a whole lot of other people.
1: Absolutely, man, that's, that's well said. And that's, uh, it's a it's a challenge, but also an encouragement, and uh, that's something we can use. So, Alan, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for joining us. I know you're busy and you've got so much going on, but um, I also know that because we spent time talking about this today, people are going to be encouraged and equipped to lead in their local church and their local context. So, thank you so much for being with us, Alan. Thank yeah,
2: you. For well, us love you guys. Love what you guys are doing, pastors out there. You are not alone, and I love that, guys like Mark and Andy are speaking into the space. We love you guys.
1: Love you too, man. Love you too, bro. We'll see you. We'll see you before too long. See you next time.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.